0: Father Dave is excited about baseball spring training. Deacon Bob? Not so much. They discuss recent travels, deep fake videos, artificial intelligence, the kids' online safety act, and how to avoid the sin of envy. And now, here is Father Dave and Deacon Bob! Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Deacon Bob. And I'm Father Dave. How are you, Robert? I'm doing wonderful, Father
1: David. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. How's the South?
0: Oh, the South is good. So, uh, if you're watching us, you immediately recognize that we are in shockingly beige rooms today. Uh, I am I am calling in from a hotel room in. Hilton Head. I know it's Hilton Head. Is it South Carolina or North Carolina? Okay, so I'm in South Carolina, and Father Dave is coming from his spacious yet Spartan office here at Steubenville, Ohio. I'm in
1: my at the ferry.
0: Oh, it's hard to tell. The the blank walls just seem very similar to various places. So yeah. Um, So uh, Father Dave was traveling this weekend, and I am here uh, on a parish mission, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But it's a gift. Uh, it's really fun to be able to travel and preach and proclaim. Uh, but let's let's not get to the trivial stuff. We need to talk about spring sports. Training. Spring training is going on. There's nothing less exciting about baseball than practicing baseball. And uh, I hope we spend a lot of time discussing that. No, spring training. There's apparently some kind of jersey and pants controversy. Yes, yeah, spring, spring training that- because. That's the only interesting thing to talk about.
1: Yeah, spring training is that Easter is coming. There's a connection between that. Uh, it's always a good thing. Um, it's just it's just a wonderful rite of passage. The pitchers and catchers mm. have all reported the first games were Saturday. It's just a wonderful world that we live in. It's crazy, though. I a spring training game is more expensive than a regular season game. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. yeah I mean, the, the stadiums are obviously much smaller and right it's in arizona it's in florida people want to be there Mm -hmm. uh it's beautiful weather yeah spring training like if you i mean you could for the most expensive mlb seat obviously you can pay a lot but even the cheapest spring training maybe 30 bucks and you can get an mlb game for 15 20 bucks yeah it's crazy you can get paid to go to some mlb game (laughs) that's right You get food included so (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it's a great it's a great season, right? There's I'm not s- familiar with the pants scandal, but there is a problem with some of the jerseys. They feel that they don't. Yeah, one of the guys was complaining they don't feel like seven hundred dollars jerseys. Oh, I'm not sure what a jersey, yeah. uh, what a seven hundred dollars jersey feels like, but apparently there's a problem with that.
0: Yes, um, well, three days ago, and I'm looking online because I've decided maybe we can do that more. Um, the um, Yes, the, the new uh, baseball jerseys and pants, uh, the pants that have come out are apparently somewhat see-through, right. we, which isn't the kind of look they're going for, apparently, in Major League Baseball. They're not trying to be like Banana ball. Um, now, the officials are trying to say that they're 25% more stretchy and will dry 28% faster, and yet many of the players are complaining because they don't like the new pants or they don't have the new pants. Uh, And then other baseball players are saying, come on, guys, pants are pants. People are going to think less of baseball if this is the major story. And it's the major
1: story. I appreciate the fact that they dry quicker and they're stretchier. It's Mm. just the see-through part that I'm just kind of stuck there a little bit.
0: Yeah. So understandably, so are some of the players. Do you remember that time that you tried to put me in a Day That Hope yoga pant uniform and you thought that might be good and I didn't feel comfortable and I was very glad you said, it's okay, Bob, you don't have to do it.
1: I don't. I don't remember that.
0: That might have been a cat, that might have been a academic thing. Then. Okay. Never mind. Okay. We don't okay. need to talk okay. about.
1: Okay, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. No, but yeah. the if if we're not going to get to a major league game uh, in the season, we should get to a spring season uh, game.
0: Uh, where's the nearest spring training, to student? <laughs>
1: um, probably Orlando, Florida.
0: I think. Well, you know, Tampa. Uh, I I'm very familiar with this because right in the shadow of the Raymond James stadium where the Buccaneers play is a little mini replica of Yankee stadium. Yep. Uh, Sometimes I have to park by it. If I show up to Buccaneers games late. Yep.
1: Yep. I've been to
0: that one. So it does actually kind of look cool. I mean, I know I give you grief with it, but the whole idea of spring training does seem, you know, if you could go down and you could meet players and, um you know just be a part of that vibe i think that's that's honestly
1: that's the coolest part of it is that there's just a really everybody's relaxed i mean yeah you joke about seeing them practice but you can just kind of watch the players that you like you get close up to them they all have to walk around a lot because the the spring training facilities are kind of spread out so you have lots of options literally as they're walking to a field just to be able to walk with a couple of players so it's kind of a unique thing although they're getting a little bit stricter, I suppose, just because, yeah,
0: just because just, just
1: the separation between quote unquote us and them. Yeah. But so that's interesting.
0: As, as if the hundred million dollars a year, wasn't enough of a
1: separation. Now, I remember one of our uh, alumni, her father was a sports writer, I think in Boston. And he said that that's one of the significant things that they've changed is early in his career. This was a while ago, obviously, but early in his career, the athletes, they were much more accessible. And he said there wasn't yeah. this huge divide, like the reporters were doing their job, the athletes were doing their job, but but now they're all multi, multi-millionaires and it's just become a very different world that we live in.
0: My mother-in-law grew up in uh, near Hollywood and she would just tell stories of, you know, seeing Yul Brenner at the grocery store. Yeah. Like there was just a time when, yep, these are just actors. They're here, they're doing their job and, they could just, you know, you just see them on the street and you'd be like, oh, hey, and, and move on with your life, you know, not like a massive people magazine paparazzi kind of vibe. I mean, we really have changed as a society to a kind of an us and them mentality. I know we talk about that in politics, but even in popularity, um, you know, we elevate people so much that we just crazy obsess about them. And I would hate to be famous. Yeah, That would kind of, yeah, it was interesting
1: because I was out in California this weekend. We did a, some you know just some visits of some people have been really good to the university, and then we had an alumni event in Newport Beach on Saturday evening, which is it's just one of the things I love California. It's beautiful, but it's just crazy. I mean, mm. just the, the how expensive it is. Uh, we, I think we got yeah we got two small breakfast sandwiches, uh, myself and, and Tim, uh, and a cup of coffee. It kind of a wasn't a fast food place, but kind of like that. $33. (laughs) It was just just ridiculous. But as always, it was great to see our alumni. I'm always just impressed. You know, we, we often focus in magazines and things like that on, quote unquote, those who are doing amazing things. But so many of our alumni are just, they're just doing such good things. And they're raising their families and they're loving their kids and they're You know, working their way through school with the kids and jobs and changes. Yeah. It's just, it was just, it's always, every time I get together with the alumni, it's always inspiring. It's always a blessing.
0: Yeah. And living their faith in very difficult cultures and asking all the challenging questions of where do I send my kid to school? And, um, no, it's, you know, we joke about Steubenville being a bit of a bubble and, and in many ways it is, um. But yeah, when I talk to some friends, particularly in areas where they feel like, you know, they're the only ones they know who are uh, really trying to live the faith, they're not even getting support from their local parish. It, it just it breaks my heart to be honest. And so God bless all of you who feel that way and are out there. I we hope this podcast gives you a little bit of hope and, and courage yeah. to keep living the faith. It was
1: interesting. I was talking to one of the couples that uh, they live in, in in an area that's. I mean, it's pretty affluent and they're choosing to send their kids to public school. And one of the reasons mm-hmm. is, is in essence, they don't want their kids to, you know, get detached from the real world. I mean, it was interesting. Yeah. Because they were saying that, you know, the private schools, they're the guy, they're just so unbelievably expensive. It's just kind of the elite kids that go there. And, and while this couple could afford that, they just don't want that for their kids. So not yeah. only do their kids go to public schools, but the wife, is actually on the board, the board of the public school system. Good for yeah, her. no, exactly right. I mean, exactly right. They're really, they're doing a great job raising their kids. They're getting involved in the culture. They're trying to make a difference. So it was just, it was very inspiring. It was a great, great visit. And watching the sunset over the ocean is always a soothing thing to the human heart. So it was great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. That's great. Praise God. Well, I hope, I, I'm told I'm near water here at Hilton Head. Yeah. I got here yesterday. I had to fly out crazy early, and then I slept, and then I woke up, and then I went to the church and had a great night of ministry, uh, meeting some wonderful, wonderful people here. And uh, But I haven't gotten out much, so after I record the podcast today, I, I might get out a little bit. Though, ironically, I think it's like 60 degrees out, and uh, the musician who's with me, Kyle Helsing, or Helsing um, he noted that it was like 78 degrees
1: in St. Louis. Yeah, it's supposed to be. 70. <laughs> so he's actually colder here in Hilton Head it's he to be 70 would have been degrees here. If you'd be staying at home. It's supposed to be 70 degrees here on Wednesday. 68. Yeah. So
0: there so there you go. Right. Once once again I go to a tropical place and it's 60s and at home it's 10 degrees warmer. Right. It's a good thing I don't actually care about going outside much. Right. So that that works out to my benefit. Perfect. All right. Well, I guess that's our sports and uh Everything else going on, so let's jump into our Franciscan promo. Are you looking to grow in prayer this Lent? Who isn't? Check out Scripture Reflections, a new series on Franciscan University's Faith and Reason website. Each week, our very own Father Dave and Father Jonathan St. Andre reflect on the upcoming Sunday or Feast Day Mass readings. These short, two-minute videos are perfect to help prepare your heart for Mass and deepen your understanding of the Bible. You can subscribe for free and receive our weekly scripture reflections at faithandreason.com. That's faithandreason.com. Perfect. and you spell out and f a i t h a n d
1: r e a s perfect. Dot .com perfect for your for your weekly 2 minutes perfect.
0: Yeah, and Father Son- Jonathan St. Andre is doing it. That's fantastic. Yeah. If you um uh, if you're not familiar with Father Jonathan, he is uh, a Franciscan friar. He's here at the university. He is the vice president of Franciscan Yeah, Franciscan life. And he's just a gem. Uh, he's, I mean, it, with the exception of being a Cowboys fan, everything about him is wonderful. So yeah. you should absolutely check out some of those videos of what he has to share. I'm sure it is certainly going to edify your heart and be worth your time. And
1: that's just a little area that he offers up. Being a, the Cowboys,
0: I think it is more of a penitential thing. You yeah, know? especially from, he embraces the, it as the a
1: Washington D.C. area, but he manages it.
0: Yeah, he'll he'll be okay. I forgot to ask, where do the Nationals do their
1: spring training? Uh,
0: Have you ever been to one? Yeah. uh,
1: Bob, please. Okay, sorry. Uh, They're down in South Florida, near Jupiter, a little bit south of that area. Okay. It's nice. All right. Please. Have you ever been there? It's ridiculous. To Jupiter? No. Oh, have you? Yeah, no, yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 I get it. I get it, I get it, I get it. Have you ever been to It's <laughs> like asking if I've ever been to a Star Trek convention. That's right. I, yeah. Know. Yeah. I know, I know. Hey, uh, so we wanted to talk about something. It was in the news a couple weeks ago, and um, and it brings up a bigger topic. So uh, I know sometimes little kids are listening, so just be attentive, and we'll we'll try to use veiled language so nothing is too explicit. But uh, a couple weeks ago on the interwebs, there were some uh, pictures and videos of Taylor Swift which were not actually done by Taylor Swift. Uh, It was done by AI generated deep fake technology. And it was of her in very unflattering, uh, to say the least positions. This sadly has become a real issue, not only with celebrities, but even with cyber bullying. There are things out there right now that you can take a picture um, off the web, put it on a body and have it do what you'd like. And, Part of the good news of this happening to Taylor Swift is she's causing enough of a ruckus about it, trying to push our government to have some kind of laws uh, against these these acts to say that that actually is a sexual crime to create fake images of people doing those kinds of things. And and unfortunately, at least right now, our government has been reluctant to put any kind of legislation towards Anything online, oftentimes the free speech angle gets thrown out there. But there's been more than enough cases of this occurring that um, there's a bill right now on the floor called the Kids Online Safety Act. And uh, if you have a chance to send something to your congressman or your senator about it, you should do so. Uh, There's a website that I'd like to encourage you to check out. It's called EndSexualExploitation.org. And this bill actually just makes so much sense. You know, right now, um, you—if you you put a video of like The Lion King online um, within like ninety seconds, it would be pulled off because of copyright infringement. But if you put something else online of of clearly illegal actions with underage children, that can stay on there for hours, days, and even years. Uh, we have the technology to stop this. Even, even with like some of that deep face stuff, Father Dave, uh, we were talking about this earlier. That to the human eye, you can't really see a difference, but the computer knows. Like the computer can tell when something was generated by artificial intelligence or if it was actually taken through a camera. And so, all the technologies are there to be able to immediately stop this kind of stuff. But nobody is. Nobody's pulling the trigger on it, and um, it, it's a real mess. It's, you read some of the stories of those that have been cyberbullied this way, and it's 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 a real evil side of this technology and of AI stuff.
1: Um, yeah, I watched some of the and, hearings that happened a couple of weeks ago, and I was honestly I was really kind of frustrated with our legislators because they kept on saying to these organizations, TikTok, that one of the ones I hadn't heard of before, obviously Twitter um instagram facebook yeah was um you know if you guys aren't if you guys aren't willing to work with us we're not going to accomplish anything and if you guys aren't going to support this we're not going to accomplish anything and there was a part of me that was saying legislators do your job i mean that's like asking you know the mafia if they would help i mean it's just do your job make laws that protect people make laws that have the the the, the, you and I, right, the average citizen in mind, yeah. and then make these companies abide by it. It's not like, well, w- would you mind doing this for us? You're right. Some of the stuff you can't get down. I mean, and and it can literally ruin people's lives. You, yes. you, your point about the fact that now Taylor Swift is involved in it because some awful things were put out that aren't her but look like her, is that what it takes to actually get people to begin to move and act? It's kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And actually, we are one of the few countries that don't have any laws against this kind of stuff. Like other countries have specific laws um, where they are, uh, you know, filtering things out or trying to ban things. I mean, unfortunately, uh, pornography is a huge export. It's actually even bigger than Disney and uh, 20th century. like, Like you put a number of movie studios combined and it doesn't equal the amount of money that's made coming out of the United States from pornography. So it's a big business, and there's big money trying to keep it as accessible and available as anywhere. I think we talked about this a few months ago. Uh, Louisiana just passed legislation, and they're trying to figure out how to do this, where you have to be able to show your age online before you can look at anything like that. And we go – I mean, the fact that you can just say, are you 18, click here if yes, is ridiculous. Like – would we let kids buy alcohol online if we did? are you eighteen are you twenty one or over Yes, I am great we'll just mail you some alcohol right mm-hmm. away i mean it's it's nuts, and we have so many different um ways again technology speaking of not letting people go deeper without knowing more about them and then people go, oh no, no, my privacy, my privacy well, you know what kids have privacy too <laughs> like the people whose videos are being put up um, should have some level of privacy and yeah, it, it is. Um, it's it's hypocritical. It's heartbreaking, and the only people that are going to stop it are are going to be the government because the businesses are just making way too much money off it to do anything about it. And um, and it's yeah, it's just beyond common sense. It's like what? Why are you allowing this to happen? It is
1: interesting though because when you go to Europe and then you go online, I mean they're so much more strict on accessed cookies um access on other files that you have or where whether or not they're following you and all those i mean you go online and you have to approve all of these things where in the united states it's largely it's 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 given that you're going to give away all of this stuff so there's a lot more re recourse to the companies the organizations to the websites uh, in europe than there is in the united states it's just i mean there's no it's it's ultimately all about money. I mean, they were talking largely about the amount of times that young people are spending on this and they could regulate that. Obviously there's no incentive for them to do that. Every incentive is to get them more and more and more and more engaged. And the reality is, is until that changes, I mean, yes, I would like the legislators to get involved, but I mean, Human nature is what it is, and people are going to continue to manipulate and take advantage of. And it's just, I remember the first time it was back in 2008. One of our friars uh, from Italy was doing a postdoc work at Georgetown, and he was explaining that he was doing stuff on artificial intelligence. Now, this was 2008, Mm and I'm thinking, like, this is artificial intelligence. And he <laughs> right. was really focusing on the ethics of it, which was interesting. Again, sixteen years ago, well, he was just appointed in Italy, which is really cool. But as a free, as a priest and a friar, on some major board for the country of Italy, trying to wrestle with these very issues. A little, little late in That's the awesome. game. A little late in the game, but it's wow. just really complicated. And, and I. I really feel for moms and dads out there you know. Yeah. And how do you navigate that with your kids? I mean, I, I go through airports a lot. And again, this is not, I, I don't have to deal with kids. I don't know what it's like, so I'm not making a judgment here, but the number of places where mom and dads are on their phone, their kids are on their phone and they're all just, it, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's become pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's always a difficult line to balance. Um, I mean, you mentioned airports and traveling. Yeah, I just I plug my kids into those things because I don't want them to start screaming. (laughs) You know, I'm just trying to get from point A to point point B and trying to figure out what filters are good. And um, yeah, it, it and again, like big tech companies don't necessarily help me as a parent limit resources, you know, for my kids. And when they do, they act like they're being so generous. Yeah, that's and really right. It's right. just because we're they're recognizing side. there's, yeah, they're recognizing they're just getting pushback from parents who are like, okay, you know, we're just not going to do this at all. And they go, oh, no, 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 wait. Okay, uh, we'll give you a uh, FaceTime or we'll give right. you screen time. Right. And, uh, but it takes a while to, I mean, you know, I think I'm a fairly intelligent person and it, it takes a while to just figure out the technologies there to how to, you know, shut your kid's phone off if they're looking at it too long or I mean, it's just it's a headache, to be honest. It's, It's a real, real hassle. And you can then say, well, the easy thing is to just not have them do it. And then you're removing them from the very means by which they communicate to their peers. You know, you're taking away a lot of their relationships, because in this culture, That's how they're connecting with each other. That's how they're communicating. All the cool things happen in those chat rooms or on the social media. And so it's just a balancing act. I mean, I don't know if you get it right. You just try to do your best with it. You pray a lot. Um, But at least in these extreme cases that we're discussing, you know, there are certainly things the government can help with. I mean, on one level, we always have, you know, the right, I guess, to look and do stuff. And so... um, the question isn't about people who want to look at that stuff, letting them look at that stuff, uh, if they're legal age. The bigger question is protecting young children who often aren't trying to look at this stuff. So mm-hmm. many statistics say that today, young people often um, will end up seeing their first, uh, you know, pornographic video or something around the age of 10 or 11. And almost every time it was unwanted. Yeah, It wasn't something that they wanted to see. They just kept following something, following something, following something. And then, and then suddenly this is in front of them. And, um, talking to your kids about that is a challenge, but it, but it shouldn't like that kind of thing shouldn't happen. This isn't about, you know, people having free will and wanting to do something. These videos that are being created are often being done. So without the permission of the people whose images (laughs) are in them, and then the young people who are watching them didn't intend to watch them and come on government. So, um, if you want to find out more about that, again, I'd encourage you to check out this website. It's endsexualexploitation.org. Uh, it has links that you can send something to your congressman or senator about the Kids Online Safety Act. And unless we speak up about it, you're right, big businesses, big tech is not going
1: to do anything about it. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. And on that note, why don't we continue with our capital sins? <laughs> That's right. How about that? uh, in, yeah, that's a great segue. This is the cheeriest episode. Uh, yeah, exactly. Episode, exactly. Right? Yeah. They that hope. Who
0: came up with this sin idea? Yeah, that's that right. They that hope. Um, well, of course, the hope in all of this, I'm glad you reminded us of that, is that uh, we do have a voice and we can do things about it. And as we try to live a life of virtue, the hope is trying to understand maybe what sin is so we can avoid it even better. Last week, we talked about acedia, apparently. There's some arguments over how to pronounce that word. we yes, are also known yes, as sloth. Yes, there is. Yes there, are. yes, there is. Yes, there is. But we, we won't go there. We won't go there. No, some people um, will. <laughs> I think we got some emails, yes. actually. And um, today we're going to talk about envy. And envy, uh, let's define envy a little bit. Actually, no, I'm going to begin with a, if I may, I would like to begin with the Bible. Sure. Ooh, and I'm going to take a look at uh, one of the earliest stories that we have in the book of Genesis. Uh, This is after uh, Adam and Eve had to be removed from the garden for their sin. And it said this, it's the story of Cain and Abel. And so Adam and Eve had Cain and then had Abel, his brother. Abel became a herder of flocks, Cain a tiller of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought an offering to the Lord from the fruit of the ground. While Abel, for his part, brought the fatty portion of the firstlings of his flock. And it said that the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and dejected. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why are you dejected? If you act rightly, you will be accepted. But if not, sin lies in wait at the door. Its urge is for you, yet you can rule over it. Cain said to his brother, "Let's go into the field." And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Um, and that's an example of envy. Actually, one of it's interesting. It's one of the first after the eating of the fruit. Uh, it's one of the first sins that we see in the Bible, and it has horrible consequences. It leads to murder. Yeah. Uh, you know, Abel gives the first. the The message here is that Abel gave the first fruits of his flock. He gave the best stuff to God. Cain didn't give the first fruits of what he was growing He just gave some stuff to God and God l- liked what Abel gave over Cain. Cain is now envious and envy is even deeper than a kind of jealousy it's it's a jealousy to the point of I want I wish you harm I want you to fail um, that really becomes it and uh, in the Catechism it talks a bit about envy underneath the tenth commandment you know, which is coveting the goods of another. Yeah. Uh, this is 2538. The 10th commandment requires that envy is banished from the human heart. And it gives some examples. When the prophet Nathan wanted to spur King David to repentance, he told him the story, uh, that story of the, the poor man who had a lamb um, and only one, and he treated his own daughter like the rich man. Uh, envy, it says here, can lead to the worst crimes. Through the devil's envy, death entered into the world. And that was a quote from uh, the Book of Wisdom, that arguing actually that envy is the reason the devil turned. Um, or I'll give one quote, and then I'll let you talk a little bit about it. Um, this is from John Chrysostom. We fight one another, and envy arms us against one another. If everyone strives to unsettle the body of Christ, where shall we end up? We are engaged in making Christ's body a corpse. We declare ourselves members of one and the same organism, yet we devour one another like beasts. And he was just talking about schisms within the faith. You know that idea of envy. Which is better, Constantinople or Rome? That was one of the arguments that was going on at his time. Um, so uh, here, oh, here's the here's the definition. Envy. It refers to the sadness at the sight of another's good, and the immoderate desire to acquire them for oneself, even unjustly. When it wishes grave harm to a neighbor, it
1: becomes a mortal sin. And that's twenty five thirty nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I guess when we go on to say in that same uh, place, it says that envy is a diabolical sin. Um, from envy comes mm-hmm. hatred, detraction, calumny, joy caused for the misfortune of another. And that's, I, I think you, you stressed it well, is that it's obviously one of the deadly sins because it, it recognizes um, and desires not just what they have, but the person's harm. and yeah. And that's. It's fairly substantially different than just jealousy. Jealousy is of the sense that they're going to take something from me. Envy is you want to take it from them and then ultimately cause them the harm that, yeah, that the human heart once it begins envious. One of the things that when I was thinking about it this morning, it we so oftentimes focus on, on sin. It's like, well, if they would change this or if they would change that. And, mm. and that's what envy does is, is it, it looks at the other and it wants to take away from the other. It can't celebrate and rejoice in what the other has. Rather, it wants to take that away from oneself. And it continually goes back to the, to the conversion begins with me. You know, if our, mm. if, if our focus and our attention is solely on the other person, we get lost in that. Right. And it breeds all kinds of things of, of of envy and jealousy and detraction and all these things that want to do harm or want to take away from another, rather than saying, well, what do I need to work on? You know, what's in my heart that you want to transform that you want to change that you want to root out. And envy just kind of puts that, it's like this neon sign that says warning, <laughs> warning, warning, you know, when you begin yeah. to, to desire and, and it's not just stuff it's, it's talents, um, it's gifts, it's, you know, appearances, all of these kinds of things uh, that, that very subtly, the evil one begins to work in that and cause us to, to turn away from the Lord ultimately.
0: Yeah, maybe like a light form of envy, but you mentioned talents. You know, uh, you have a sports team that you hate, and they're playing, and you just you know, you want the quarterback to break his leg or you want, you know, that team to get in like an accident. You know, like it's like now I'm starting. I don't just want to beat them. I wish them harm. Yeah. You know, I want them to suffer. Right. I love the line in the Catechism 2540. It says envy represents a form of sadness Yeah. and therefore a refusal of charity. The baptized person should struggle against it by exercising good will right. Um that it's well, I think it was Chesterton that said comparison is the thief of joy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, that we can actually be quite happy with what's going on in our life. And then we see somebody who's just a little better, uh, who has the nicer whatever uh, job position or car or good looks. And then instead of like being like, hey, good for that person, we go, well, why didn't I why can't I be that way? Why why is that person? Get? And And that's what happened. I mean, all the way back in the very beginning of the Bible, you know, Cain, you know, God didn't say, I hate you, Cain. It was Abel gave something and God gave his favor. And and the line I think the Lord said to, to Cain is, is still applicable. He said, you know, sin lies wait at the door. Its urge is for you, but you can rule over it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think later on in the Gospels, we're going to hear from St. Paul, who's going to say that no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. But God is faithful. He will always give you a way out of it. And so, In those moments where that sin is lying at the door, that envy is lying at the door, and its urge is for us, you know, the world wants to encourage us to be envious, I mean, in in the negative sense of that, the world, uh, you know, the sin of the world wants us to do that, that we can we can renounce that we can learn to have goodwill, we can seek to rejoice in another's success. Right. Um, we can seek to be happy with what the Lord has given us,
1: right? And, and really, our desire for taking a look at this during Lent is is just to bring an awareness of it. I mean, I think some of these things are are very subtle, and and they creep in, and we don't begin to recognize. So, what we want to do during this Lent is just shine a little light on this area in our life you know that when we look at other people and social media it it breeds this right because you only see the best part of an individual and it's not real and and so oftentimes that's the case with envy it's 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 not real how we see how we form what judgments we make they're not real they're not rooted in the truth they're not way to use the word goodwill that the catechism speaks of that it's not rooted in goodwill for the others so our hope and our prayer uh, this week is just that, is, is obviously not condemnation of anybody, but that we just maybe become a little bit more aware. How do we see other people? How do we see other people when they're succeeding or when they're doing well, or when they've got things that we don't have? And, and what moves in our heart? Is it that we rejoice for the blessings that they've received or something moves in our heart that begins to become bitter? I haven't gotten what was due me. All of these kinds of things, the Lord wants us to begin to take a breath, recognize the many blessings that the Lord has given to us, that he's present in my life, that he loves me, that he's shown himself to me, that he's close to me, that he's present to me, that he's on my side, uh, rather than looking at what others have and what we don't have. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your gift, particularly uh, during this time of Lent, that our hearts would be turned towards you. Hmm. Jesus, protect our heart and our mind from envy. Let us recognize uh, the good gifts that you give to others and the good gifts that you continually give to us and be able to celebrate and rejoice in that. We pray for those uh, who are listening, who are struggling most today, that they know your peace and your presence and your love. May Almighty God bless us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Father Dave. And thank you everybody for uh, being a part of this podcast, for your emails and for your prayers. We're praying for you and you can always shoot us a prayer request or a question to answer on the show at hope at Franciscan dot edu. That's hope at franciscan.edu.
1: God bless. Nailed it. <laughs> you always nail it.